today we're here with Scott Tilton. Scott is the CEO of Loops. Um, I guess it's called the Loop Network. Um, Scott, thanks for joining us. No problem. I appreciate the opportunity. Maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and where you've come from. Sounds good. Um, so the Loop Network is an online action sports network where our services, it's a, a social network for athletes and enthusiasts of action sports can register for a profile. They can use our 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 network to interact with each other and, you know, attempt to get sponsored from the athlete side. And we generate revenue by charging um, advertising and e-commerce fees to sports equipment companies and mainstream advertisers who are, you know, focused on reaching our demographic of primarily young males, uh, mostly in the, the 12 to 24-year-old age bracket. Uh, my my background is as Dude, a, that's a, that's like your elevator pitch, isn't it? It is pretty much, yeah. You know, hey everybody, you just heard a real live Silicon Valley ele- elevator pitch, perfectly <laughs> perfectly executed. Very good job. <laughs> just to make sure everyone. Tell, tell us a little bit about more who you, who you are first and what you've done before Loop, and then if we can go into Loop, that would be great. Sounds good. Yeah. So uh, my my background was I was a former competitive action sport athlete. I grew up since the age of six years old racing BMX bicycles, and then I transitioned into motocross when I was 10, which I did for about 10 years, uh, straight through college. And then I, I got my master's degree in Internet business systems and really only had one job out of school, and, you know, it was pretty miserable. So I was trying to find opportunities to work in the action sports space and combining that with the Internet, and I think, you know, nothing really popped out at the time. So I had founded a company called Sponsor House, which was a internet community type site where athletes could go to build profiles, post their photos, videos, and competition results, and use it as a way to get sponsored from different companies in the in the space. So that company, uh, you know, was working pretty well. We were around for about five years, and that was actually kind of the the prequel to uh, Loop Network, which uh, was essentially just an expansion of Sponsor House for us to really evolve the business model. So this is so Loop is actually a company that more or less was under another incarnation and started five years ago. Exactly, yes. So Sponsor House yeah. was my first business, and then as the years went by, as the opportunity got bigger, we essentially used the same technology, the same investors, the same team, and rebranded under the Loop Network to uh, to really just expand the business model. And you're in San Diego. We're based in San Diego, yes. Married, lots of kids, single guy. I am happily married. I was uh, my wife and I. We've actually been together for about six years now. We we just got married in February, and we're expecting oh, our first little one. Uh, our, we have a little boy coming in January, so we're really excited about oh. that. Very cool. Actually, I I just had um, my my brother just had a baby about three days ago. So it's a, oh yeah, the second one in our family. A yep. boy or a girl? It's a boy. Oh, fantastic. Named Cameron. I don't do the whole baby stuff yet, but. Um, <laughs> Someday. At least someone in my family is. Anyway, on to, on to your stuff. Um, so why, why did you not keep going with where you were? Why, uh, why change the name to Loop and, 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 and do what you're doing now? You know, I think the when we first started out um, with the, the company name was Sponsor House, the service was a sponsorship service. And what happened over the years was it became a little bit limiting in, you know, really who we are. And people... We had a, a pretty strong brand presence for athletes looking for sponsors, and it was a, a little bit of a love-hate relationship where, you know, you either needed us or you didn't. And um, so it was actually causing us not to be able to work with certain athletes and certain companies who we really wanted to work with. 
So, um, you know, a prime example is a company like Oakley, which is very particular about how they how they represent their brand and how they sponsor athletes and and how you can go about getting you know connected with their brand. So that was an example of a company that wouldn't work with us as the name sponsor house just because they didn't want to put the the um, the facade out there that they were actually going to start sponsoring kids. So we found that we were starting to lose out on some opportunities to work with some key brands and some key athletes. So we you know essentially rebranded as a network. And we still provide all the sponsorship tools and the features that we did with Sponsor House, but now we offer, you know, a more traditional Web 2.0 solution for some of the brands and some of the athletes who are looking to not only connect through sponsorship, but also use it as a promotional tool and use it as a way, you know, on the on the brand side or the company side as a way for them to uh, connect and interact with a pretty influential demographic of, of athletes. So, so you're saying because the previous name was SponsorNet, they, oh, sorry, Sponsor House, right? Sponsor they, House. they didn't. Yep. They, the, the, the brands would come up like brands like Oakley would come along and say, um, "We can't sponsor you because we don't, we don't want to look like we're sponsoring things." Correct. Yep. Yeah. So Oakley is probably the perfect example. We, uh, you know, we had a great relationship with them, and you know, we always kind of knew that we were going to work together at some point, and um, it was just kind of understood that while we were sponsor house they they just didn't want to be you know putting the message out that they're sponsoring kids uh so literally as soon as we launched looped we we did a, a one-year deal with them and we launched the a program called the oakley rider search and it was you know kind of implied sponsorship but never the word sponsorship never showed up anywhere and uh we did a one-year deal and then they just renewed it this year to uh to do the oakley rider studio which is a uh a essentially like a medium. So, so they want to sponsor things, but they don't want to be shown like they're sponsoring things. Correct. It gets tricky <laughs> like that. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's some of the nuances in business. That's fascinating. I've never heard of anything like that before. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of, you know, when it comes to sports marketing, brands are very specific and very particular about how they get involved with things. Um, you know, on the action sport front, it's a little bit trickier just because, you know, I guess, it's, you know, pretty much with any sport, who you align with, you're taking a risk because if the athlete turns out to be a punk or, you know, is really a bad image for the company, it really, you know, it taints things for the company and the brand. So, um, and the same way with sponsorship, they they just keep a really tight wrap on who they actually will associate their brand with in order to protect the identity of the company. So... Outside of the sponsorship side, what do what do users actually do with Loop? I know you have both a web. There's the website, which I guess is like a social network, and then you also have an iPhone application as well, right? Uh, no, not no iPhone app. Um, the we are we're just a, essentially a social network for action sports, and we. Um, so what we do is, you know, from the member perspective, which are the athletes and the enthusiasts of action sports, they can register on the site. Um, they can they receive a profile with that, and then they have access to different feature sets that we provide. So sponsorship is one. Our photos and video applications are another. Um, we have a new media mixer launching this week, which is actually um, a way for our members to, you know, mix up and mash up photos, videos, and music to be able to create their own sports reels. And then they can publish them to not only Looped, but also to other social networks like MySpace and Facebook. Um, we have 400 brands on the network, and I think that's one of the things that we've done really well is immersing brands into the experience in really relevant ways. And, you know, again, with sports, brands are just part of the lifestyle. So people don't view them as advertisers. They view them as, 
you know, active participants in the sport. So, the, you know, the, there's a strong affinity so that the people that are, that are participating in action sports really identify themselves based on the brands and the clothes that they wear, you know, the equipment that they use. So we've been really successful at being able to get a large number of advertisers immersed into a, an overall experience with our membership that makes it work really well, and we've been able to monetize it very well as well. So uh, I guess just to finish up the uh, the point, though, the so the members are on the site. They're looking for sponsors. They're, you know, uploading massive amounts of content, mixing it up, mashing it up, redistributing it out to other social networking profiles. Um, they're getting deals on products. They're entering contests from the brand to try and get, you know, sponsored to win products to, um, you know, win all types of different incentives. And then they're using it as a more traditional social network as well to connect and interact with other other members who are in the same sports that they are. So you have like, um, I mean, Tony Hawk, um, the skateboarder. You you have like future Tony Hawks signing up for your system as as skateboarders, Correct. and that would be they might just be a, a guy that really enjoy enjoys skateboarding, and and this is where he starts interacting with people. It, is it almost kind of like a a, a meta social network where, which allows him to market himself to other people, That's and then um, get access to brands and start getting sponsorships and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. So we've had. Um you know, we've had. Have you ever heard of Travis Pastrana? No. No, he's a you know multi-time multi-time X Game gold medalist. He won a you know motocross championship title, and now is you know very popular in rally car racing. Um, but he had a profile on our on our network you know way back when we were a sponsor house before he even turned pro. So there's um you know we have a lot of you know hopefuls on the network who are trying to figure out how to promote themselves, how to get a foot in the door with the different companies for sponsorship, and really just using it as a self-promotion tool to uh, to break into the action sports scene. I mean, is that a model then that could be replicated across other verticals um, where you've got a group, a community of people that want to, to move up, um, such as, I don't know, actors or writers or people like that? Oh, absolutely. I think the... Um, you know, we've we've chosen to participate. Or I'm sorry, focus on on sports just because it's really what we know and it's what we've been most passionate about. And it's uh, you know, you've got to get super excited about something to come into work every day and work long hours. But we've we've have been approached by a number of people to uh, you know everything from music to you know horse racing to rodeo and you know actors as well. Who um, I would say probably the biggest category. So the biggest two categories of people that come to us on a regular basis asking us if they can use it are musicians, bands, and um, and gamers. Online gaming uh, is getting pretty popular right now as well. And so are there, has your con, I mean, did you originate your concept or did it come from somewhere else? No, we were, we were definitely pioneers with the sponsorship model. Um, you know, there's, prior to Sponsor House coming into existence, there really was no solution for up-and-coming and amateur athletes to get sponsored. So the traditional process was, and this is back in the 1999, 2000, the traditional process was a, a an athlete, an amateur athlete would sit down, he would write up a resume, post his, you know, his competition results, put together, you know, throw some photos into an envelope, and if he was lucky enough, put a video in there for sponsor reps or team managers to look at and mail them off to a company. And some of the more popular companies like Oakley and Quicksilver and, you know, the the more popular brands would get tens of thousands of applications for sponsorship. 
and most of them would never get looked at because, the, you know, there's no people designated to sit there and sift through all this information, and nor that did they have the time to do it. So when we launched Sponsor House, it was just a community site with profiles that team managers could log into, and they could set up listings that were kind of like job listings, and they could specify the criteria of what types of athletes they were looking for. So, for example, they could say, okay, I'm looking for a 14-year-old motocross racer from New York. And if you fit that criteria, then you can now contact that company. So it was a way for them to really streamline that whole application process. And because it was so efficient to communicate with these, with these athletes, they were able to start increasing the size of their programs to enable them to sponsor more athletes from all over the country. So we were we were the pioneer in in developing that type of concept that really just you know brought the uh, the world of sponsorship to a much larger audience of athletes from all over the country at you know multiple levels beyond just professional. So this this typically comes up, does it? Oakley says we need to we need to be able to find a 14 year old guy in New York City, and then so your system can identify the the right guys. I mean, Oakley maybe you know maybe they need a 14 year old skateboarder. Your system can find the 14 year old skateboarders in New York City. Correct. Yeah. So they, um, you know, it works one of two ways. They can, they can create a sponsorship listing that would enable people to contact them, or they could do a search, and it will pull up all the people that fit their criteria, and then they could browse profiles and look at photos and videos and see how many friends they have and what people are saying about them and and what kind of ratings they have, and then that way they can kind of, you know, get a better gauge of who they're looking at and what type of uh, what type of person they are based on who they're friends with. So it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's a kind. Of, it's essentially you know, marrying the the effects of social networking with almost a commercialized process like sponsorship, which. So how does the social networking fit in? Because if, if they're a 14 year old in New York City, wouldn't wouldn't they either just want to run a listing or just do a database search and identify the kids of that age to reach out to them? Yeah. So the the way the social networking uh, characteristics come into it is in addition to the to the members of the site trying to get sponsored, they're also out building networks of friends and fans. So for them, the more people they have in their network, the more valuable they are to a sponsor because similar to a company like Facebook, when a brand sponsors a particular member, they now get visibility to all of their friends. That says... Oh, boy, and there it is. And that's the answer right there, and that's why your site must be incredibly viral. I mean, I notice you have traffic... (laughs) So that's um, you're a bad man, Scott. <laughs> so the brands are using it as a very uh, it's a very creative grassroots marketing program where you know the athlete's online identity is sometimes as valuable, if not more, than their offline identity. So you got these guys, these you know these teens, I guess mostly, going out there and just like promoting your site like crazy to get more friends on their profile. Correct, and then they become more valuable to the sponsors. Oh, that's hilarious. Very very nicely done. <laughs> that's couldn't great. Let the, couldn't let all the tricks out. But um, <laughs> but that's where that's where the social networking characteristics come in is just, you know, the members so we have um, you know, Jeremy McGrath who's he's a very famous motocross and supercross rider. He won seven seven supercross titles over the years and was, you know, at one time branded the king of supercross. So he no longer competes on a full time basis. So for him, he uh, he's trying to figure out ways to maintain his value as a former Supercross hero. So his 
profile, and he actually runs his official fan site on our network. And for him, he he now has, you know, I think it's 18,000 fans on there that his sponsors can still talk to through his site. And he can they can run product promotions. They can, you know, they can offer sponsorship programs to his fans if they race. And, you know, there's all these, it's so all connected through this uh, through the social networking environment to help the brands really get the visibility and the kind of the brand extension into these athletes' fan networks. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, um, I'm interested to understand, like, what uh, kind of tools do you offer? So, if someone signs up, how are they promoting? Are you doing um, address book importing and emailing out to all their friends and you know stuff through Twitter and Facebook? Like, what what kind of different tools do you do you let you guys use? So right now it's uh, it's fairly basic. So during the sign-up process, you have a, an option to uh, import your address book and see who's already on the network. You can invite people that are off the network. Um, you can do you know traditional invite a friend. Uh, where we get kind of more viral on the you know on the um, the sharing is on the sharing and inviting, where you know when a a member if you if you are already a member and you come in and you start posting updates to your profile, you can now share those updates with people on and off the network. So um, it essentially works where, you know. Is that like Twitter, you mean? Similar, except it's, it's more like a traditional uh, email newsletter type program. So mm-hmm. if uh, I can log in and let's say I have 500 friends on the network and I have 500 people that I communicate with off the network, I can post an update to my profile that says I went to such and such an event, I placed at such and such place, and send update. And it will immediately notify all my friends on the network as well as send an email to all the people off the network. And then they have a link to come visit my profile to see the update. So it's, it's very much, we don't send newsletters from Looped at all. We, um, it's mostly user and member driven that they're there promoting themselves, which is helping pull more people back into the network. That's a really clever business model. I've never heard of anything like it. Very impressive. <laughs> the um, kind of the second piece that, which is the tool that I was telling you about that we're launching this week, we actually did a partnership with a company called Mixercast. Mm-hmm. And Mix, Mixercast. They're based out of Menlo Park. Mm-hmm. So they've got an interesting technology where um, it's basically a mashup type tool. And what I mean by mashup is it's what I was mentioning earlier, where you know. As a user of the tool, you can pull in your your Flickr photos, your YouTube videos. You can post your own UGC content and your own music, and then you can create a mashup, which is just mashing all this stuff together, or you know, essentially a timeline video editor, and you can create your own content by mashing all this stuff together. And um, so for us, the application was: you have you know, 14-year-old skateboarders all over the country, and there's um, there's approximately 10 million kids that skateboard out there, which is a you know massive number. And all they do is skate, do tricks, and videotape themselves or their friends doing tricks. So for uh, the application for us was was perfect because now we offer this solution for a 14 year old skateboarder to come in, upload all his content of him doing tricks, putting it all together through this timeline editor, and adding music to it. And now he can post it to his profile and looped, but then he can also uh, share it and post it to his MySpace profile, his Facebook profile, Bebo, wherever, using the Giggy application. And anyone that wants to interact with that with that particular video or create their own has to come back to our network to uh, to create one. So one of the um, 
one of the processes that I know some of the guys that do, do viral sites is they look for when a certain when a user comes through the site and signs up, they look for how many users can that that um, person invite. And the idea is to get the site to a certain level of viralness, where for every one user that joins, you're getting over one user back, and that way your site's virally growing. Yep. Do you have metrics like that on the front end? Um, so we. You know, we do. Um, we actually were doing as we were launching these these more viral and share and invite type tools. We were actually, um, you know, we actually went out and just talked to our members to find out, you know, how many people do they skateboard with or how many people do they participate in the sport with on the weekend, and would they invite them to the site? And we found that, you know, 90 plus percent of them had more than four people that they that they did their sport with on every weekend and that 99% would invite their friend to use the network. So we did that type of research before we went out and started, um, you know, launching these tools. The share and invite tool is relatively new, and the media mixer, which we're launching this week, is um, is brand new. So we're, we're keeping track of those metrics now to make sure that they're working. Um, to answer your question more specifically, we don't invest in marketing. Uh, we don't. We do some PR with our partners, but we don't, um, we don't invest much in paid search at all. We don't buy traffic. We don't do invest in print marketing or event marketing, and we still get you know anywhere from you know a thousand users and up a day to register the network. You just you just uh, faded out. Um, it actually happened once before as well. Oh, did it? Sorry. Yeah. Um, can you hear me okay now? Yeah, no, I can hear you great. Yeah, it just it like went dead for about three seconds. Oh, okay. Um, I was just saying that we don't invest in marketing at all. We don't we don't have paid search programs. We don't uh, right. we don't do print. We don't do event marketing. We do some PR through our partners, but for the most part, everything is organic and word of mouth. And we get you know anywhere from you know a thousand members and up to register every day. So so a thousand new members every day is, is about yeah. where you're at. About that, yeah. Do you do you incentivize your users to invite other users, or they just do it? Yes. So we. Um, when we were sponsor house, we actually the sponsorship tools came in two forms. You could have a free set of services, which limited the number of applications you could send, and then a premium upgrade, which would uh, give you unlimited applications to contact any brand on the network. Um, so now we enable members to get additional applications for every friend that signs up. Nice. Yeah, they got the right to charge for any of it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Our goal is not to charge members for anything. So we're kind of phasing out the premium service. It was a subscription model back in sponsor house days. So we've, um, you know, we've done creative viral things to give people free services. Yeah, right. And so, so there's no, there's no cost whatsoever for your users. No, no, not right now. Which is a, that's so that's a great competitive advantage as well. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you have competitors? Um, there's one motocross-specific website that started up. Um, you know, I think the challenge that most of these companies are having now is they got such a late start that it's so difficult to build your user base once once everyone's kind of joined one party, you know. And um, and we have so many potential sponsors on the network. We have, you know, over 400 companies that are actively using it to sponsor athletes that it's, you know, this is kind of where all the ac- the op- or the opportunities are. So um, we've been pretty fortunate that we've been able to hold a pretty strong competitive advantage over the years because we got such an early start on the sponsorship side of things, which is still our number one differentiator as a network, 
you know, one, the fact that we are an action sports social network. There are some additional competitors on that space now, but our sponsorship angle has caused us to be able to, in, in, um, you know, infinitely grow our community much faster than any other potential competitor in the space because we, we provide a value to our members that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, I wouldn't want to try and compete with you. I think it, it, given where you're at, that, that would be really hard. And it's, and it's a small category, too. You know, I think action sports, there's a lot of people that participate in them. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know really the power of action sports and the way that we view them and the way that we present them to customers and investors is, you know, we look at it as what's the percentage of today's youth that participates in action sports? And just to clarify, an action sport is um, like the X game sports. So surfing, snowboarding, skateboarding, BMX, motocross racing, wakeboarding, those are all the kind of the high adrenaline, really exciting sports that the kids like because they're bored of team sports like football and baseball. So the, um, there's some really interesting stats that a lot of people don't know about. Action sports is that, you know, these sports since 1990 have grown about 700% in the past two decades while traditional stick and what we call stick and ball sports like football and baseball have declined by almost 40%. And almost half of every kid in the U.S. ages 10 to 24 is a participant of action sports. So when you think about it from a market opportunity, to be able to organize that demographic of 10 to 24-year-olds, which is the most sought-after demo in the U.S., and being able to build relationships with that demographic and making them, you know, essentially brandulists of your company, we figured out a really creative way using action sports as a strategy to connect advertisers with this demo. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, uh, I mean, you've got an interesting model. Is there a reason why you don't go meta on it and do something like Ning and and be the the network for just for connecting um, brands to communities? Well, the um, you know that's actually our network does have elements of Ning. So, you know, I know that we're on an interview right now, but are you online right now? Yep. If um, go to MonsterArmy.com. Okay. So Monster Army is the grassroots athlete online community for the energy drink Monster Energy. This so this is what this is the brand. That's a that's a community on the Loop Network. A community, and so what's the net, what is Monster Army? Monster Army is the marketing program for Monster Energy. Okay. So do you know? Are you familiar with Monster Energy? No, I'm not. Okay, they are the number two energy drink behind Red Bull. Oh, okay. No, I have seen the I have seen the cans. Yeah, I don't drink any of those drinks. So their their parent company is Hanson's, but they're you know a massively popular and extremely fast growing brand right now that most of their momentum has come over the past two to, two to three years. But they have built this community on our network. So we went to them two years ago to, to present the opportunity to build, to build a branded community around the Monster Energy brand and position it as a grassroots community for athletes to connect with the brand. So that community that you're looking at there is, it works almost identical to Ning, where we offer a set of tools to brands 
to be able to build communities on our network. So you've done that to brands, but within your network. Why don't you take that out to to to, to, to support any potential vertical and, and, and allow all brands to come in? Yeah, we've uh, we've considered it. I think the um, from a resource perspective, we're we're privately and angel funded, so we've uh, you know been really focused on making sure that we win action sports as a as a vertical first, and we have actually gotten uh, approached by several people over the past you know six months and. We're now actually pursuing licensing opportunities to uh, to have different business teams that are interested in, in pursuing other verticals, and we'll we'll do more of a joint venture slash licensing or arrangement with those types of companies. All right, yeah, fascinating. Um, okay, so we've talked a lot about the user side, and I think I understand how users come in and how they interact with each other. Oh, actually, one question: when you when you talked about um, how how brands work through users to to get visibility, what does that mean? I mean, let's say you've got 500 friends, and and Oakley comes in and is sponsoring you. How is that done in a way so that it's not turning off those 500 friends? Yeah, so the um, so it works in a way where. Me as a member, if I just received a sponsorship from, say, Monster Energy, um, immediately upon entering into an agreement with that company, so everything's electronic, so they'll actually send me a sponsorship agreement via the website, via the community, and I can view the terms and conditions and I can reply accepting it online. And as soon as I enter into that agreement with them, the Monster Energy logo now shows up on my profile. So immediately that brand has visibility in real estate on my profile because they're a sponsor of mine. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that... So does that mean in like the email newsletters they send out, does it show up there as well? Um, it's, it's pretty much tied to everything that the member does. So there's always a, you know, some insignia that, you know, specifies who their, the brands are that are sponsoring them. Um, but other things that happen are, you know, immediately the member can now share with the rest of his friends and network that he just got sponsored by this particular company. And it also shows up and we have, you know, similar functionality where every member has an activity feed so that they can see what is happening with the rest of their friends on the network. So me getting sponsored by Monster now shows up in my activity feed for everyone else in the network to see. Hmm. And can you have more than one sponsor? Yeah, so usually the um, the agreements are, are typically exclusive by category. Mm-hmm. So Monster Energy, if I entered into a sponsorship with Monster, I wouldn't be able to accept a sponsorship with Red Bull or Rockstar. So usually people will have multiple sponsors, you know, sometimes upwards of 15, 20 sponsors, but it's for all different categories. So if, as a motocross racer myself, I could have Dunlop, as a tire sponsor, I can have Monster Energy as an energy drink sponsor. I could have, you know, Oakley as an eyewear sponsor, and you can have multiple sponsors for all these different categories because they're giving me deals on products on all these all these different products. And how much does a typical sponsorship agreement go for? Um, so it it really depends on who you are. Um, you know, it's a typical you know pyramid where you have a fraction of a percent at the top who are actually making a living off the sport. And the rest are scrapping for any deal they can find because it's such a strong passion of theirs. Are, are you a sports guy? Did you do sports growing up? Uh, I did when I was growing up. I don't anymore. Okay. So if you can re- remember back to when you were actually doing those sports, you had dreams of becoming a pro, maybe? Uh, no, I, I was never that level. <laughs> okay. I wanted to be a computer nerd, <laughs> and that's what I turned into. <laughs> 
so I was, I was kind of. I'm telling you, know, you a lot of people that did and had brothers that do. I mean, I live in the Dominican Republic. It's every growing, every kid growing up, his his dream is to become a baseball player. Obviously, yeah. I live next door to um, uh, Rafael Furcal, the, oh, okay, um, from the Dodgers. So yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I certainly understand that, even though I'm, it's not not my thing. Yeah, so most kids they they have aspirations of becoming a pro, and even if it's not likely. And um, but you know during that period of time when they're that's all they think about and that's all they want to do is skateboard or ride a motorcycle or ride a bicycle, um, you know they're trying to get sponsored they're trying to prove that they have something and it's very much like a you know entrepreneurs that you're trying really hard and you have aspirations and you want to build a, a big successful company and the reality is only a fraction of a percent actually make it. Right. So so can you talk about uh, do- dollar sizes of typical deals? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so pro athletes, you know, will typically um, the the levels start from discounts, which is what a majority of the amateur athletes will receive. So, if um, if I'm an amateur athlete, I race locally and regionally, or participate and compete locally and regionally, I can be eligible for certain discounts off retail pricing. So, normally you'd have to go into a store and pay a full price on you know, on a helmet or on gear, and if I get a, a sponsorship with a brand, I might be able to get half price or more than half price on the, the exact equipment that I need, which ultimately saves me a lot of money. So that's where most of the amateur athletes fall is in some type of tiered discount program. Um, and then once you start getting into, you know, the very fast up-and-coming amateur athletes who are on the verge of turning pro, um, they start getting free product. They get um, what's called contingency or incentives that they participate and compete well at certain events, they might get paid. And it's, uh, it's more kind of reward-based. And then once you turn pro, um, a lot of those athletes are just on straight pay. So, And it can range anywhere from – it's not a rich man's sport, any of these, uh, whether it's surfing or motocross or skateboarding. Um, you can start out and you're making anywhere from $10,000 up to – you know, $10 million, depending on who you are. So it's all over the board. But are all of these, I mean, are the $10 million deals done through your site, or that's, that's surely, that goes no, through no, no, no. and they do that direct? So once, uh, yeah, they do those deals direct. And, you know, that, that going back to the, why we changed the name from Sponsor House to Looped was, um, you know, certain agents didn't want to use our site because that's their job, is to find their athlete sponsors. So, um, so the pro athletes who have agents, who have managers, they use our network strictly as a way to build fan bases, to promote their sponsors, and they're not doing deals on, on our network. So what point do they, do they move from having not done a deal to, on, to, to from doing a deal on your network to, to moving on and doing direct? Usually it's when you're in that upper echelon of, you know, you have very personal relationships with, your, with the marketing people at the company, you, um, or you're so good that people are just coming to you left and right at events and, and making phone calls and offering you deals. Um, but at the end of the day, those, those athletes are still using our network to promote their sponsors because it's a way some sponsors require the athletes to set up a profile on our network and list their, their, uh, them as a sponsor on their profile. So there's... It's still, you know, we're still involved in the process, but it's more on the promotional side than it is on the actual connect, the transaction of getting the deal done. And that was never the model. We never wanted to be in the middle of a sponsorship deal. So you're, you're right, okay. So you're, but you're helping with the, the long tail of all these sponsorship deals. Correct. 
Yeah, we never want to be in competition with the agents or the or the managers of these professional athletes. We're yeah, just right. a connection point in the network where people can connect with each other. So, I mean, given that you've got a monetization model here, I mean, how well is it working? Is this something that Facebook should be learning from you guys? You know, potentially. I think the um, we've actually monetized extremely well. So we, um, you know, we monetize at a rate of, you know, some of the metrics that advertising professionals use are, you know, revenue per member or revenue per page. Um, so the way that companies or brands can get involved in our network is one of three things, one of four things, actually. They can buy a profile. So it's very similar to a MySpace profile or a Facebook profile, except we actually, brands actually pay us to put one on there. Um, and because with that profile now they can use our sponsorship services, they can interact with all the members, and they can, um, you know, they have visibility to a, to a very targeted demographic of, you know, influential athletes. So they can pay for a profile, and that range is usually just a couple thousand dollars a year. They can buy a community on the network, which is kind of like a sponsored group, and that's the Monster Army concept I just showed you. And that's very much like Ning. So when you buy a community, you now have a whole set of tools to be able to take over the look and feel of our pages, add different modules to your pages, whether it be a contest, a poll, you know, featured members or featured athletes. And um, and there's a whole different set of pricing to that, and it's anywhere from $25,000 up to, you know, six hundred to $700,000 a year to have a community on the network. And um, and then we have a traditional display advertising model, which is probably, you know, our least area of focus because pretty much everyone knows display ads don't really work very well these days. So we focus more on the integrated components being the profiles and the communities as a way, um, which is how the, the brands can actually interact and, and participate with our members. Well, let me ask you just, just some general numbers on the site and, you know, tell me if you don't want to answer these, then, you know, don't answer them. I'll just, I'll go ahead and ask them anyway. Okay. Um, can you tell me page impressions? Are you profitable? Revenues, funding, that kind of stuff? Yeah, so angel funded. I'd rather not say how much, but we're angel funded. Um, we do about 12 to 15 million pages a month. And we, um, have 375,000 members right now, most of which are active. And in terms of revenue per page, which is uh, one of the metrics earlier, we're in the $20 plus range for revenue per page, which is unheard of when MySpace and Facebook are in the pennies. And revenue $20, so on a CPM basis, you're at $20 CPM. Correct. And the other guys are doing like five cents. Yes. Or a so tenth of a cent. Or we're, we're able to monetize extremely well because of... But yours is maybe different as well because... In, in, in other areas, like in Facebook, advertisers can be often viewed as unwanted intruders, whereas in your area, everybody wants the sponsors. Correct. We've just layered the brands into the experience where they're not positioned as advertisers. They're positioned as other participants on the network. and That you want to, get, you want to be engaged with. Correct. Because yes. you get free stuff. So, you know, one of the... We talked to her, and we've mentioned it before, but we have a ridiculous brand engagement metric where 85% of our 375,000 members have engaged with one of our brands. Mm -hmm. And engaged meaning they've sent a sponsorship application, they've entered a contest, they've become a friend of that brand, 
So when they engage with them, they're now interacting and have a relationship with that brand, so the brand can now talk to them. So we've, you know, whereas other sites ignore advertisers and don't, you know, no one wants anything to do with them, we have 85% of our member base actively engaged and interacting with the brands on our network. Are you profitable? Yes. So just recently. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we. That's, um, uh, and that's a, a good time. Actually, so how's the, the the downturn? Has that affected you at all? <clears throat> you know, it's. Um, Have you had to do layoffs or anything? Yeah. So we, you know, we scaled back some people earlier in the year, but not recently. So we, um, you know, I think, and part of it was just due to, you know, you know, wanting to have a, a more core team. But I think the um, the economy is definitely hurt in a way that we're not seeing the same impact that other ad model-based companies are having. So um, three of our biggest customers have recently, all in the past 60 days since the economy has really, you know, took in a dive, we've renewed deals at significant premiums all in the six-figure range. So whereas other companies, uh, including print and including online, are having tremendous difficulties in renewing their advertisers, we have the opposite effect on our big customer side because it's so much easier for us to present the value. So the Monster Army community that I mentioned to you earlier, in uh, in that particular example, they have uh, 125,000 members in their community, which is almost unheard of for a brand to have been able to build a community, you know, an energy drink company, to be able to build a community like that they have 125,000 members who have joined that community on our network. Yeah, because basically what you, you've done is gone and built a social network around the business model. Correct. Hmm. So we've, we have, you know, very little difficulty in, you know, maintaining and growing relationships with our advertisers because everything is so trackable and so effective that they're pulling it from print and they're pulling it from other display advertising models where things are less effective and putting in the things that they know actually work. All right. And we can prove it to them time and time again. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's impressive. Um, now, you said that your age, your demographic is 10 to 24 years. What happens when they're older than 24? Do, you, do they just uh, leave the site? Do you have a deal to send them over to someone else? Um, no, so, you know, that's kind of a life cycle for, you know, that's really the sweet spot for action sports. Um, you know, by the time they're 24, they're usually, you know, growing up and getting jobs. Hopefully, so um, so right now the breakdown of our network is you know we have you know 80% of our audience is in that it's actually in 10 to 24 we're COPA compliant so we allow kids to register with their parents' permission that they have the facts and forms but we've um, but 80% of our demo is in the bracket of 10 to 24 and then right. 90% male mostly male right okay. Um, I noticed you have an iPhone version. What does your iPhone version do? I actually tried to use that from here in the Dominican Republic, and it said, no, you can't use it. You're not U.S. So that's very sad. That's not us. That's, uh, there's a mobile oh, it's not company. You. No. So I'd prefer not to have that live. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, you've trademarked your name, though, haven't you? Yeah, we're in the, in the middle of that right now, actually. So I'd ah, prefer not okay. to comment on that. Fair enough. <laughs> Well, I hope they lose. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, let's see. What else should we talk about? What else? Um, what else would you like to talk about uh, related to the the model and what you're doing? 
You know, I think um, the only thing we didn't really touch on was e-commerce. Um, so we kind of got into the to the profiles and the communities. So just to quickly summarize, the, our business model is, is multifaceted, which is why our, our RPM numbers are so high. So for, you know, it's free for members now. For a brand to get onto our network to be able to interact with our membership, they have to buy a profile. They can buy a community. They can buy display advertising, which is our kind of least preferred, or they can um, set up a, a storefront or do e-commerce. So interconnected with all of these relationships that these brands are building with our members, um, they have they have the ability to link up with their own stores or create their own storefront on our network through a third-party partner, and they can actually sell products to our members that deals. So um, an example would be if I'm sponsored by a particular brand and you're only a friend of, a of the same brand, I might get a better deal on the products than you do. And when you buy a product from them on our network, we get an uh, affiliate fee on all, those, on all those sales. Is that generating a lot of revenue? It's starting to now because the, what's happening is the economy is, is really impacting these brands so, so uh, drastically that they're getting very creative with the types of deals that they're offering the, our members to move product. And because they're direct sales, they sometimes have better margins than going through the traditional. Supply. So you actually have a couple of business models all, all rolled into one. Yeah, so we, you know, our advertising model, we, we still call it an advertising model. So they're buying profiles and they're buying communities, although the model is non-CPM based. We just charge fees. The CPM model is our display ads, which we, um, which we generate a significant chunk from that. And the e-commerce model um, is you know, is become is coming into its own as a as a major force, just because of the way the economy is right now. It's really fueled our e-commerce engine because all of our members are on the network to get deals, and all the brands are offering deals to sell product. So, um, all right. so there's a lot of things happening, which um, which is why I think we've been so effective in monetizing our network, you know, in a really big way, despite a relatively small user base. How many how many advertisers or sponsors do you have overall? Uh, right now we have um, you know over 400. I think approaching 500 now. Right. And how many like can you talk about how many employees you have? Uh, yeah, sure. We uh, so we're right around 20 employees. Yeah, right. That's the typical size I've seen for sharp internet mark internet companies. They're they're 20 to 30. Yeah, and I think it depends if you're funded or not, and you know the. Um, we're definitely lean. We've we've stretched the team pretty hard. So, um, but I think you know it's the right team, and we have a great mix of you know product and engineers combined with action sport guys, which are sometimes difficult to marry together. You know, the action. Yeah, sport. it's kind of a it's a different mix, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, peaks with uh, with sports guys <laughs> like that at that level. So we cool. um, but we've been able to do it pretty well, and I think you know. San Diego's been an interesting an interesting spot to grow a company. I actually grew up on the East Coast, so I was born and raised in New York, and um, I moved to San Diego in 2003 with Sponsor House and my and my business partner. And um, you know, we moved here in a, in a motorhome and didn't know anyone. When we showed up and started you know really pushing to grow the company, and uh, we won a or I won a business plan competition back in 2003, which led to our first angel round. And that's really when we started building the momentum with Sponsor House. 
And, you know, it's been a really interesting and, and fun experience growing a company in San Diego. I would say from the action sports perspective, it's great because this is where most of that industry is. All the big companies, um, you know, like No Fear and Oakley and, um, you know, all the major action sport companies are all in this area from San Diego to L.A. On the technology side, it's actually been pretty challenging because there's, you know, a lot of competition from a relatively uh, for a relatively small pool of, of product people and engineers, and most of the talent is up north in Silicon Valley. So it's been a, an interesting challenge to find that, that nice mix of action sport people who are good on the sales and marketing side with the, you know, the product and engineers who are good on the, on the software side. So um, that's probably been one of the bigger challenges of being in San Diego over the past, uh, you know, six years now. Yeah, and I guess then you can say, like, um, people are saying there's a downturn, but when people like that, there's certainly not, is there? Yeah, the, well, you know, in, are you referring to the economy? Yeah, just the, the economy in general and how it affects a company like yours. Yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely having an impact. I think the... I don't want to say that we're recession-proof, but we've definitely noticed it with the smaller brands who are really scrubbing every possible budget they can to make sure that they make it through. Um, so most of it, you know, our e-commerce model is really coming to life right now because all these brands are trying to move product, and all of our members are looking for deals on products so they don't have to pay retail. So that's why that channel is growing so quickly right now. Um, however, you know, we have seen with other companies, you know, I don't envy some of the traditional advertising model companies who are CPM based and trying to figure out. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're like trade. It's like the trading uh, dot com stocks in the in the 19, in the nineteen nineties. It's the CPM rates. They like zoom up really high and then they zoom up really low, and yep. <laughs> it's a, a real roller coaster. Yep. So yeah. it's um, it should be a pretty interesting time. I think you know everyone knows about kind of the the meetings that have been going on in Silicon Valley with the VC firms, and you know the best advice that. I've gotten even from my investors and board members is, uh, you know, if you're not at break even, get there now and make sure that you have a cushion and, and a business model. And if you don't, then, you know, skim it down to as few people as possible to weather the storm. Very cool. Um, is there anything you'd like to talk about that we haven't covered? I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, I think we covered all of it. Cool. Okay, Scott, well, thanks very much for your time. Yeah, no problem. 